Danny Garcia versus Sean Porter. Post fight thoughts. Dun dun dun. Hey guys, Fight Junkie here. Before I jump into this episode, I just want to thank everyone for following me. You can check me on Twitter at FightJunkie.com. Listen to me on Anchor.fm. And of course, check out the YouTube channel at YouTube.com slash FightJunkie2006. Make sure you guys subscribe, like the videos, and check everything out. So this fight pretty much went how we thought it would go. This was a close fight, a high-skilled fight that saw two guys doing two different things at two separate times, and sometimes both guys had success. Um, Porter, the only thing that Porter really did, not only early on but throughout the fight, that kind of threw me off was his boxing-slash-countering ability. I didn't expect that. Granted, he made it easier when he went forward and just crowded Danny like I thought he would. I thought that was when he was at his best. But he did do some good things when he was countering. He was able to hit uh, Danny with some wide right hands, some looping right hands, as Danny came forward. And I thought that he made those rounds competitive, but I give the edge usually in those type of rounds to Danny simply because Danny likes a slower pace. He doesn't throw as many punches. He's more about accuracy than he is volume. And I thought that kind of played into Danny's hands. And I think that's why you see the scorecards were so close as like 115-13 on two cards. And I believe the other was 116-112 and they were all for Porter. I think that's because uh, in some of those rounds, Porter didn't throw as many punches as people are accustomed to. And if you get into that kind of match with Danny, he's pretty good at that type of fight. And I think those are the rounds that went to Danny. When Sean went forward and he just kind of bullied him, he really did well. And I believe Pauly Malanaji spoke about this um, before the fight. He had said that Sean's really strong. And he puts a mental pressure on you where he just keeps coming and coming and coming. And I thought you could see that in some of the rounds where he just bullied Danny around. And Sean's a strong guy, and he just really bullied Danny around the ring in some of those rounds. And I thought that's where he did his best work. So the only thing that kind of threw me off a little bit was the counterpunching. It wasn't so bad that it was something dramatic that cost him the fight. But I think if he would have kept doing that the entire fight, he probably would have lost. If he was going to do it, it was better the way he did it where he mixed it in. So he would come forward at times and really rough Danny up and get his punches off and do exactly what we spoke about in the uh, fight prediction podcast, which was if Danny was holding his left arm, he'd hit him with his right arm. If he was holding his right arm, he'd hit him with his left arm. Basic Sean Porter fight that everybody understands if you've watched him fight. That's what we expected. The counter punching threw me off a little bit. But like I said, he was competitive enough that it wasn't uh, overwhelming a Danny round. I think he won those rounds, but we're still not talking like Sean's so far down. So what he would do is he would box a little, throw some nice right hands from the outside, and then get a little burst of energy and rush inside and really hammer Danny to the body. He did a lot of body punching in this fight. And you always get worried with that with the three blind mice because sometimes they don't score him how they should. Like, this isn't amateur boxing, even though they use 10-9 now. But basically, this is an amateur fighting. Like, you got to score the body shots. And so that can always be worrisome. 
But going in, we thought we had capped this correctly with it being a competitive fight. We figured it was going to go the distance, and then it was anybody's guess as to which guy. I gave a lot of guy, uh, both guys, a lot of credit in the pre-fight predictions. I thought it was going to be a close fight. The the thing that really swayed me in this, because I believe you could make a case for either guy before this fight, and even after this fight, you really could make a case for either guy because it was that type of fight. But the thing that really swayed me was the ridiculous line on Porter by decision. And we spoke about this in the predictions podcast, but Porter by decision was somewhere around like 250 on average. And that was just ridiculous for that type of fight with that type of quality fighters. Once we figured out, we thought we had it right, it was going the distance. If we capped that part right, Porter by decision at plus 250 was really a gift if that thing could come in. Because they had Danny at plus 125 by decision and Porter by by 250. And I just think that was way too high. I mentioned that. We talked about it. I laid out why I thought it was going to go to a decision how I thought it could probably go either way. And that's pretty much how it is. Granted, we got the Porter win, so we're on the right side. Yay! But anybody out there who was on Danny could make a case. Like, you could make a case for 14-14. I wouldn't argue that at all. And usually, if you can go 14-14, you can swap around for either guy. I'm usually okay with that. The one instance is the Canelo Triple G. I really think the draw was the correct score. But generally speaking, if we go, ah, it was about 114-114 or... I could see a draw, then usually I don't argue too much if a person says, well, if we could see a draw, I could see Danny one in 115-113. Or somebody on the opposite side said, yeah, I could see a draw or Porter 115-113. And I think that's the exact type of fight we got. Luckily for us, that was the exact type of fight we capped. And again, luckily for us, they set the line ridiculously on Porter by decision. I don't know what the books were thinking because that was just spot off wrong. Like if anybody was going to land a big power punch and hurt somebody or knock somebody down, it was probably going to be Danny with his left hook. And as we talked about in the prediction... Danny loves that left hook, and you saw him. He winged it all night, and he did very good, very good with it in certain instances. He used it as a counter when he was stepping back. He hit him, and then there's an instance there where he hit him with two uh, left hooks right in a row. But the thing about it is. Porter's got a good chin, and we talked about this. He has a good chin. It's one of the reasons we thought the fight was so competitive is because they both do good things. They both do things well. So Danny can punch well. He can box, and Sean can uh, crowd you and do volume. And So they're both successful in the way that they fight at certain times, and we saw that. Sometimes Danny was a little bit better, and sometimes Porter was a little bit better. But in the end, it basically came down to what did you like? accuracy or volume obviously this time the judges went with volume but like i said it was close the 16 12 is is pushing it but i can go with 16 12 but nothing beyond that i think 15 13 is probably the most accurate i do think porter won but like i said i wouldn't make a huge argument if somebody flipped and said i thought danny won but i did think porter won just based off of volume Uh, Danny's accuracy is good, but it's the same thing we talked about. Sometimes he's just a slow starter. This time he didn't really start slow because Porter threw that wrench in there where he was kind of moving early on and 
just throwing like single looping right hands. And I was thinking to myself, like, you can't do this the whole fight. Like it was starting to worry me there when I saw him doing it for like two or three rounds. Like you need to start getting the grind in there. If you want to do this, fine, but you got to throw the grind in there. And then Danny caught him with a couple good shots and Porter went back to the grind and then he just mixed it in and it mixed well for him throughout the whole fight. It was a little more versatile than what we're used to seeing. And luckily it worked out, but had he played that game too much, he would have lost the fight. But when I'm talking about Danny being slow, I mean slow in the rounds because he's so focused on accuracy. He doesn't like to waste punches. And that happens a lot with counter punchers. Counter punchers, the whole idea is you're going to wait, make a mistake, and I'm going to counter you. Well, with Danny, that happens and he waits and he waits and he waits and he waits a little too long. And that's tough with a volume guy. So it speaks volumes about how good Danny is that he was able to keep the fight as close as he was because he was nowhere near the volume that Porter was. But it was his accuracy that won him those rounds. Now the problem is when you're a counterpuncher and you're fighting Porter, you generally think I'm going to make this guy miss and make him pay or I'm going to catch him coming in. And when you do that with Porter... He's got such a dang good chin, he walks through it. You guys saw the left hooks that Danny hit Porter with, and that's his best punch. And Sean didn't budge, man. He walked through that like it was nothing. And not only that, his defense is good enough where he generally doesn't get hit with three, four, five punches at a time. So even if you do counter him like Danny did, you hit him with a shot, you hit him with two shots, and then he's on top of you. Your offense is stifled. There's no more. And then he hits you body shot, body shot, behind the ear, on the arm, body shot, right? Then he starts his offense, so he's back on his volume game. So that's one of the reasons he's able to compete and beat so many of these high-level guys is because his defense is good enough where he's not taking overwhelming amounts of punishment and then he's able to close the distance because of that good chin and then once he gets on the inside he's so strong he's such a good bully on the inside that he's able to keep people in the positions that he wants to keep them in and then get his offense off and that wins him rounds listen he's not the biggest puncher in the world but he's able to use those abilities that he has to the best of his absolute best ability to get that done and fighters who may have more talent who may be a little more technical who may be a little sharper with their punches are able to have some success against him but it's very difficult to do it round after round after round that's one of the reasons porter's always competitive and he's always in really close fights and that's something you need to think about when you're capping and when you're betting on or against him because like we talked about with this line that 250 line if you believe porter can be competitive if you believe it's probably going to go the distance then that's juicy right there even if porter didn't win when you're capping it obviously we think we know a we're on the right side but when you're looking at it you're like man that that's really enticing right there i think i've capped it where these guys are going to go the distance now if it's anybody's guess as to who wins if we're talking a 14 14 15 13 type fight wow there's some value right there with porter and that's what we talked about and luckily that's what came in but i don't think either guy could hold their head in shame i could see people clamoring for a rematch although uh errol spence challenged porter to a fight 
and that would be another good fight. I'm really high on Spence. He has good boxing ability and power, but I think Porter's style is always going to give people trouble. You can go back to the Kell Brook fight with Spence, and that took him a while to get Brook out of there, and Porter's a strong guy, so I'm not going to cap that fight, obviously, right now, but I'm just saying Porter is world-class. He's one of those guys that, you know, he's right up there in the mix with the top of the top of the top, and I think you could say the same thing about Danny. Both of his losses were close. I thought the Thurman fight was a little more, um, I don't want to say it was a little more obvious that he lost, but he started so slow in that fight. Like that was, he didn't start anywhere near as slow in the Porter fight as he did in the Thurman fight. The only difference in the Thurman fight is he didn't have as much success with Porter as he did Thurman late. In the Thurman fight, he was really putting it on Thurman late. In the Porter fight, that wasn't the case because they were just kind of ebb and flow. They kind of went, you know, they were more meshed together. It was more flowing. Where in the Thurman fight, Thurman started out fast and I'm going, what is Danny doing? And that's what we talked about in the pre-fight is sometimes he does that and for Danny fans, he didn't do that too much this time. It's just that he's not a high-volume puncher. So you're probably always going to have those issues with him if he's fighting somebody with volume. But generally speaking, Danny's able to overcome that because of his punching power and his accuracy. It's just he met a different animal when it comes to Porter, and that's what we thought. We thought it was going to be a good competitive fight, and I think it definitely was a good competitive fight. I don't think that uh, either guy outclassed the other guy. We had talked about that. I don't think either guy dominated the other guy. Even the rounds each other won were close. Like, you could make a case. I think Porter's rounds were probably a little more clear, but not by a huge margin. It's simply because... He was able to get inside on Danny and do a lot of work. And Danny just basically went defensive and then looked for the left hook. So those rounds are a little easier to score. And I believe that's ultimately what got Porter the win was those type of clear rounds. And then you have the not so clear rounds where Danny's doing something and then Porter's kind of having success. And if any of those rounds go to Porter, then you get this 16, 12, 15, 13, uh, 15 13 decision so anyway i thought it was a good a good fight it played out how we thought i think both of the guys are still in the mix and that includes danny we got thurman if this guy's ever gonna fight again we don't know if we're gonna have round robins if we're gonna have rematches with people out with injuries uh, mandatories so that could be a whole huge can of worms that opens up down the road but overall I thought the fight played out how we thought it was going to it turned out how we wanted it to and both guys are world-class the fight was close it was a good fight they're good fighters and I'm sure we're gonna see them both back in the ring very soon that's it for this episode of fight junkie I will sock it to you tomorrow baby fight junkie out